It's time for Larry No Spots. My guest tonight, Marcus the Mad Dog Haugen. And I'm your host, Larry. This is a special, special occasion because for the first time since March 11th, I woke up and looked at box scores of real games. It's true. We had games. We had games. And I'm not talking Purchisey or Twister, as much fun as that is. We're talking baseball. It's true. We had two baseball games last night. Yeah, one was rained out in the sixth. I mean, they called it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing that's going to happen a lot. One, they're not going to, like, postpone many. They're going to try to call games during rain delays whenever possible. Yeah, it's true. I don't see a lot of, like... Because I feel like normal season, like, that happens. They might reschedule sort of a second half of it. Yeah. Now I think that's just is what it is. It's like they got to get through as many games now as possible. Yeah. Uh, so I watched that. I mean, Yankees looked good. Uh, John Carlos mm. Stanton had a home run. Judge was getting on base. Garrett Cole looked good. Max Scherzer looked good too, right? But uh, he, I mean, he got his strikeouts, but just gave up a lot of runs. Yeah, I think that's just like with a lot of those like really good pitchers, they're just so fearless attacking hitters in the zone that sometimes they're going to give up those home runs and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're going to dare you with their fastball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see much of the the late game cuz I was I was sweepy. Um uh but I saw you know Dodgers won so no surprise there. Um no. not from their I guess usual suspects of uh, Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger, or who you'd expect. I guess Mookie Betts is it was his first game as a Dodger. Sure, sure. But no, yeah, uh, Kike Hernandez, who actually got off to a pretty hot start last year. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, <laughs> we we almost had someone join the chat. Um, anyway, so all right. So now, so that was opening night with two special games. And now we have opening day where we have yes. everybody else playing. Um, let's talk about a few teams specifically. Uh, I have like my, my allegiance is split between two teams. That would be the Mets and Rockies. And I know you're a mm. Padres fan, right? Yes. Actually, before we do that, because they announced yesterday the expanded playoffs. Yes. Which is very interesting and should be fun. Uh, can you? I'm not quite sure how it works. So it's uh, eight teams in each con- in each league are going to make it. Yes. And then, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I'm looking it up right now because I'm not exactly sure about it either. But yeah. like what I was reading was that the high seeds are going to pick who they play. Oh, really? Like yeah. you mean the division winners? Yeah, like I think like it's like one through seat three seeds will then like pick who they want to play. Oh, that's fun, and could throw shade at the teams that they pick. Uh, I and could don't be wrong about that. And don't they also? I remember hearing that they get uh, all three. It's like a best of three series, right? For the first I, round. Yeah, 
And like all three games are at the home field of the high seed. I yes. Believe. Uh, okay, so that would be interesting. And then what would the second round be? Do you know? Um, no, I don't. It's all pretty new to me. Yeah, I guess it's new to everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But like, supposedly it's going to take the same amount of time. They're going to finish by the end of October. So fun stuff there. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's talk Mets. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I would think with the expanded playoffs, they have a good chance of making it now. Well, I mean, it is interesting because that rotation looks really bad now with Stroman hurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like after DeGrom, who do you really have? And I was reading something about that Stroman injury and it's kind of the thing of like, well, normally for an injury like that, it's between one and three weeks to ramp up. But if you start talking about, well, he misses three weeks and then he takes two weeks to ramp up. It's not a long season. It's like a nine week season. Yeah. You're already in the end of September by then. Yeah. So, I mean, they got to just hope they get him back for, they make the playoffs and get him back for the playoffs at that point. Yeah. Um, do you think Portello's kind of done at this point or is he's like fifth starter kind of guy? Yeah, he's all I to me always been, or at least as far as recent memory goes, just completely dependent on luck. Yeah, like his good seasons are because are like all batted ball luck driven. The bad seasons are the same thing. Like, does he put a lot of balls in play? Is that his thing? Yeah, that's his thing. He's not going to strike out a lot of guys. Like that year he won the Cy Young a couple of years ago versus like recent him. It's not. A wildly different guy mm-hmm. it's just you know the hits are landing or they're going last year going out of the ballpark but he's not he's someone who needs to get lucky to be good basically yeah well you know as the song goes it's better to be lucky than good it's true it's and true. better to have loved than have lost yeah and once twice three times a lady yeah all, all, true. all true all true statements um okay so then yeah so that's i mean portello is pro- is there is there a trade deadline this year or is there going to be trades mid-season i don't know yeah i don't know i honest guess would be no okay because i mean the trade deadline would be like around it's right after the all-star break usually right yeah so, so like around like now coming up but i know they're like didn't they freeze or like they're counting this as full service time? Uh, uh, okay. Like, Can you explain what that means? The full service time a little bit. Oh, so essentially uh, players, when they first come up into the major leagues, they need to acquire a certain amount of playing time before they become eligible for bigger contracts before that they're paying they're like playing on their rookie scale contract Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times what you'll see these teams do trying to save money is like service time manipulation where they'll leave like their big young prospect down in the minors for a month or so so that they don't acquire what counts as like a full year in the league and they can can they get an extra year right paying them limited amount of money uh 
But for this year, something that the players really wanted that they got is that although it is 60 games, uh, it's going to count as a full year of service time. So teams aren't going to be able to keep their players on like smaller contracts for an extra year just because Corona happened. So any player, because they have, I think, currently a 30-man roster and then they have to whittle it down to 26 and at some point or... Something like that. Um, uh, yeah. Is that right? Well, I, I hadn't heard the 26 thing. I thought they got to keep like a, a bigger roster because oh, okay. people were afraid of Corona infections. Got it. Got it. So everybody then on that 30 is um, gets it counts as though they had 160 days of ser- 162 days of service. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I think it. Uh, Correlates to like games played, innings pitched. Okay. Oh, oh, right. Because with bat, it's about like plate appearances or at bats, actually. Right. So, okay. And then maybe prorate it as though it was a full season. Something mm-hmm. should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, also, I just looked it up. The trade deadline is August 31st. Okay. So we're going to have a month and then trade time. <laughs> yeah. So the Mets have to hope for either one of their young arms. Do they have any good uh, young arms in the farm system or people that could be brought up this year? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, my understanding is they're pretty depleted. Okay. So, yeah, because Cindergard as well. So yeah. I guess they got to hope for a, a decent, good luck from Porcello. Yes. Uh Maybe with the extra squad, they could do a lot of like bullpen patching together with like an opener, that those kind of games. I don't know if they'll do that. Uh, and maybe the trade deadline is going to be yeah. what they need. I honestly am surprised they didn't give more thought to stretching Lugo out again. He's been so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As a reliever. Yeah. I mean, he was at one point like a big starting pitching prospect kind of flamed out. They put him in the bullpen and he's been amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, obviously he can't throw as hard if he's pitching six innings, but why not see if some of it sticks and he's still good going longer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could, I mean, they could definitely use him this year. Yeah. All right. Let's talk Padres. Your guys, yes. they've had, uh, one of the best farm systems in baseball. And now, they, I mean, people were already like eyeing them for a possible wild card run this year. Yes. Yeah. So who uh, who's there to look out for on the Padres? Um, I mean, the big ones, uh, Fernando Tatis mm-hmm. is, of course, looks like he's going to be a superstar in the league for a long time, assuming he can stay healthy. Uh, looking for... I guess sort of a bounce back year from Manny Machado. He okay. kind of underperformed his big contract. Yeah, it was last, last year his first year on the deal? Yes. Okay. So three hundred million for ten years? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um who we traded for Tommy Pham, who is a good on base, some power, some speed guy, who I think is gonna be really good for us. Um and then pitching wise, Chris Paddock is like uh, the first of like their hot pitching prospects who's up. He was pretty good last year. He's probably going to have to be very good for them to really do anything this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a 
Mackenzie Gore is down in the minors and looks really good. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how people handle prospects this year, given that service time stuff. And also just like, it's such a weird year that still might get shut down. They might just be like, uh-huh. hey, let's just protect our young assets. Right. And and like there's no minor league game. So they can't be like, right. oh, this guy's killing it in AAA. Let's bring him up. Yeah. There is no AAA. Um, yeah. Okay. So Padres are interesting. I like that. They've actually, let me ask you about the Manny Mikado deal. Um, yes. So Mookie Betts just got his contract for 12 years, 350 something million, very large deal. Um, it seems like the trend has been as far as like, uh, salary cap manipulation goes, you want those young players on those six years for as long as you possibly can because those are cheap deals. And then teams had stopped giving big money to guys like Mike Moustakis, I think was yes. one. But is it still in the interest of teams if you have an MVP candidate to give him a deal like Betts? Or is that would, up for debate? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely the calculus is that like they're underpaying him now because they're going to be overpaying him when he's in decline right so because he's 27 yeah yeah so he's like hitting his prime now probably has like three to five more years of like real prime and then after that it'll be a little bit of decline yeah and even like if they're like breaking even-ish when he's like 33 34 and then those last three years it's like yeah like this is a bad contract now like i think they'll take that yeah i mean i think Especially the oh, Dodgers, sorry, they want, they, I mean, they want a championship so bad. Yeah. Well, and I think the Manny Machado deal, I don't hate it because it's like, it's not a good team. And like, yeah, they have a lot of prospects, but like that can go wrong. As honestly, we saw with the Mets, the Mets at one point were one of the most exciting young teams in the league and it just fell apart. Yeah. And I think they were always going to have to, really shell out to get one of those big names. And if that sort of like adds legitimacy to them in terms of like other players coming along and wanting to be a part of it, I think that's good too. I think this deal actually has the value they thought they were getting with that Eric Hosmer contract, which is horrible. Oh yeah. Are they still paying him? Oh yeah. They're going to be paying him for a long time and way too much, (laughs) but like their idea was it's like, Oh, we'll like start adding like, real name players and this will look like a franchise that's trying and legitimate, but it's like Eric Cosmer is overrated and actually pretty bad. Yeah. That shouldn't be the guy who starts the movement. Yeah. I've seen that kind of logic before Uh, a little different, but I would say with the Knicks when they, you know, they signed Mello and they're like, Oh, this will legitimize us. We'll trade everything we can for Mello and then sign him to a big deal. And then all these other free agents will join. And then it just didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, he wanted to leave after the season anyway, didn't he? Yeah. So they could have gotten him in free. It is, it is so terrible. Uh, but uh, Nick's, that's for another time. Maybe with Coach mm. Tibbs. You know? <laughs> um, all right. Let's go to the Rockies, also in the yes. NL West. A team that's has two great hitters, three, three if you count Blackman, and maybe even some more. But like two like 
all-stars in Trevor Story and Nolan Arnado. Yes. And these are guys in their prime. And once again, with the Rockies, it feels like for always they're wasting guys in their prime. Yes. And um, because they don't have the team around it. I don't know. Do you think that's due to Coors Field or is it just bad, bad uh, general management? I mean, that Coors Field has ruined so many pitchers, which I think is one of the biggest problems. Like even like what happened with Kyle Freeland last year where he had that year where everyone's like he figured out how to pitch at Coors and then was basically unplayable last year. It's really hard to like put together a winning roster when essentially your pitchers are just getting the crap kicked out of them every <laughs> single game. And I have to believe it like has a mental effect carrying over to like other places you play. Cause it's like, yeah, everyone get like every pitcher away and home gets hit hard at cores, but like these guys have to play half their season there. It's yeah. gotta like fuck with their heads. And so I think, I don't know what the solution for that is, Yeah. but even like Marquez skills wise, great pitcher, but like he's never going to statistically be that great as long as he's playing in cores. Yeah. And like, that's fine because that's an even playing field with the away pitchers. But as you said, it messes with their head. And when you have to play half your games there and then they're not doing as well on the road, uh, and no, no, they're, they're never going to Garrett Cole is never going to sign there. Someone like that. No, yeah, cause they definitely don't want, not. Yeah. I mean, look what happened to Mike Hampton or whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that was the last like big name pitcher they signed. Like, mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I think there's, it also like, I think there's like research. You may know this already too, that that park is great for hitters when it's there, but it actually makes them perform worse on the road. Oh, really? Yeah, there's like a Coors like effect that they get used to the balls not breaking as much and like moving the way they do up at that higher altitude, and then they go on the road and it's completely different. And I think it's harder for them to adjust to that than like these visiting teams who go there for three games and are like, Oh, these are easy to hit. And then they go back to like the way the ball normally moves. Yeah. Or if they just like, yeah. Or if those road players are just like, Oh, bad three games. So what? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there is no, (laughs) there's no solution. And then because the Fran, the owners are probably making money because Denver is a big city. Sure. And then, but what are they going to do? Well, I'd say, seems to be like the actual fixable thing that is being mismanaged right now is like you talked about wasting the primes of Mm. like the Arenados and the stories. Well, they're also just like not even letting their other young talent grow and really have the primes they deserve. Like the way they've screwed with like Ryan McMahon and Garrett Hampson, uh, Ramel Tapia, could have been a lot better if they didn't mess with his playing time and insist on giving Ian Desmond like whatever 120 games every season to play. Like they, the Rockies seem to have this obsession with paying up for semi washed up veterans and using them to block their young players from playing. Ugh, it's like the worst of all worlds. Yeah. And yeah. so 
That is fixable. It honestly, Ian Desmond sitting out this year is good, good for news them. for the Rockies. So who's the prospect who would be playing in his place? Um, I think a lot of that time may go to Sam Hilliard, who's a really interesting player. Yeah. Uh, really good power bat. He's fast, like not unreasonable to think in a normal year he could be like a 20 home run, 20 steal, 25 home run, 20 steal type of player. Wow. But they keep blocking him. Yeah. Okay, so so that is interesting. So I, so it sounds like they need a new front office. So that'll at least solve some of the problems with their young prospects. And I, I would assume like a really forward-thinking front office would at least try do figure maybe try to figure something else out with the pitching problems. Or at yes. least can, yeah. So uh wait, who's their do you know who their GM is? Is it still the guy who's been there forever? Um, it could be. I don't think, as far as I know, there haven't been major yeah. shakeups there recently. Uh, Jeff Burditch. Hmm. That, Burditch. Yeah. Because I remember, I do remember at one point them having like a GM who insisted on like players with Christian values. Does that sound oh familiar? <laughs> I hadn't heard that, but that's uh, yeah. wild. That sounds like just another problem they have. All right. Well, yeah, and they didn't get Ben Zobrist. <laughs> is he very is he very Christian? He's very Christian and his wife is like a pretty successful Christian rock musician. Oh wow. No. Yeah. Ben Zobrist, the ultimate utility man. Although I think he did like take off last season kind of to save his marriage, which is pretty wild too. <laughs> okay. I mean I guess realistically good priorities for a guy who's in his late thirties has made millions of dollars. And it's like, well, what's my life going to be after this? I should probably save my marriage with this person I love. It makes sense. But right. It was like, this is a very unusual thing to happen. It is very unusual. Um, and, uh, I feel like it, it might, it might be indicative of some other underlying problems because, you know, like I think other players who are playing a full season are maybe are happily married and don't need to necessarily take off to save their marriage. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know the specifics. Yeah. Alrighty. Let's um, just for funsies. Let's do a two round fantasy draft. OK. How does that sound? So we're each taking two players? Yeah, one through 12, and then we'll snake around. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So actually, uh, what is generally like the standard league as far as scoring goes these days? Um, well, I play mostly Roto, which I understand relatively well. If you're mm. talking like the other type that people play is a points league, which is more confusing uh. to me. Yeah, so let's go Roto. So it's like usually, I know in the past it's been five by five, right? Yes. Is that still the case? Yes. Okay, um, uh, offensive categories are? Uh, see, standard is batting average, RBIs, runs, home runs, stolen bases. Mm-hmm. Is that what you do? Uh, I play OBP. Instead of average? Yeah. Okay. But otherwise, yes. Yeah. And then... Pitching, uh, it used to just be saves, but you do save holds. That's right. Okay, so save holds wins. Uh, 
No, we, I do quality starts, ah. which is also going to be weird this year because I think pitchers oh, yeah. are not going to be going deep into games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so save holds, quality starts slash wins, um, uh, strikeouts. Yes. Uh, then ERA and whip. Yep, that's right. There you go. Uh, all right. So let's do this. I'm going to bring up a little... Uh, Let's see, let's see, let's see if I could get this going. Share this screen here. Uh, are you seeing this screen? Yes. The, okay, so this is some ADP values of maybe like the top 24 players or so. And I will give you the first pick. Okay. Or, or, or you'll be, so we're going to alternate. So like you're going to have the odd number teams. All right, sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Team number one yep. is going to take Ronald Acuna Jr., outfielder for the Atlanta Braves. Outfielder for the Atlanta Braves. So he would be your first pick overall in most leagues. Yeah, I under, I think there's a completely reasonable argument for Trout there. He is still the best hitter mm-hmm. in the league. But I think when you talk about the stolen base or base value, it's really hard to not chase a guy who could go 40-40 in a whole yeah. season. Yeah, 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 yeah. And stolen bases are so rare these days. It's true. Yeah. Um yeah, I'll I'll go I'll play it safe and go with Trout at number 2. Uh still going kind of chalk here, but I'll take Yelich at 3. Chalk it up. Yelich at 3. Uh Yelich left field and right field. Okay. Both okay. corners. Yep. Both corners. Um, let's see. This one's a little tough. Um, it's nice. I'll, I'll go with Mookie Betts. Hope, you know, oh, get some stolen bases there. Um, God, I really, I really like Cody Bellinger. I want to take him here, but. I feel like there's probably never been a bigger gap in terms of the best starting pitcher versus the other one. So I'm going to take Garrett Cole. Okay. Garrett Cole. So you think he's like far and away the best pitcher? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially like I love Scherzer and Verlander, but those guys are old. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Verlander, especially last year was a little bit, Homer prone, and then Degrom is very good, but he doesn't strike guys out the way Cole does. Yeah, yeah. Garrett Cole, uh, Garrett Cole was the world's. Uh, did he win? He won the Cy Young last year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, with the number six pick, I'll take Bellinger. Cool. Um, who do I take now? I'm going to take your guy, Trevor Story. Ooh. Story, the shortstop. How old is Story? I think 27. Okay. So he's in his prime. Um, I don't know much about what Francisco Lindor. Do you think he's accurately where he is? Oh, yeah. He's a very good player. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those things where, like, I don't trust the Indians. That lineup has gotten a lot worse. So I think mm. the counting stats are going to 
not look as good as they have in the past. Yeah. And I, there was a lot of talk about him getting traded because the Indians are a very cheap franchise. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. They really looked like they could have been a dynasty and then they kind of sold off all their assets for no reason other than profits. Ugh. It's pretty gross. Yeah. I mean, and did, did they get any like good prospects in return or is it mostly just uh, not really fire sale like, prices? Like they had a lot of really amazing pitchers. They traded Trevor Bauer for Yasiel Puig, who now is not on the team anymore. Okay, yeah. They traded Corey Kluber, who looked maybe washed up, but had been mm. a very good pitcher just two years ago. And yeah. they traded him for just like a reliever prospect, which is the least valuable type of prospect. Yeah, right, right, right. It's just not good what they're doing. Mm. Shame. Uh, I'll take Arenado at eight. Okay. Let's see. Hmm. Well. I don't love any of these. <laughs> Arenado's a good pick. I like that. I'll, I'll go ahead and grab Lindor here. Okay. He's not going to fall too far. I mean, shortstop is still a premium position. It's true. And he is one of those few guys who can go 30-20. Yeah. Which is the same justification for story, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, like, it's very surprising. Is this, has this been the case for a little while, that there are no catchers near the top of drafts? Oh, yeah. Uh, the general common wisdom is wait on catcher, because it's a bit of a crapshoot. But also, like, even in the full season, they only play 120 games versus yeah. any other position. So it's just not worth the value. So, yeah. General. So, like, it, that's the kind of position you want to kind of piece together with free agency. Yeah. There's yeah. a couple good ones. Like, people really like Gary Sanchez because he hits a lot of homers. Uh, Grandal, people really like. And mm-hmm. Real Muto. But even those guys... You'd be surprised if they go above 50. Yeah. So Grandal, uh, he's on the White Sox now, right? Yes. Is he is he going to play exclusively catcher, or is he going to play some first and DH some? Um, honestly, the bat's good enough. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. And, you know, especially if they're like, hey, let's get Edwin, uh, or I guess Edwin Encarnacion's going to DH probably. Probably, time. yeah. Um, but, like, if they're resting him and they want to, like, get let Abreu rest, like, they've got a lot of these old sluggery types. Yeah. And it <laughs> might not hurt to get them off their feet, like Randall plays them first. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I see that. Um, yeah, that feels very White Soxy to have, like, these old, like, power hitters. Yeah, it's almost like the Frank Thomas right. era. <laughs> um, I'll take DeGrom here. Cool. Um, ooh, I'm wondering... Like, don't hate picking Juan Soto here. Mm-hmm. He's got cor- he he's got the Rona. Just get coronavirus. Yeah. And See, does that affect our draft? Right. I mean, missing two weeks is now like a significant 
part of the season. It's true. All right, I'll take Bregman. Bregman, it's a good pick. Uh, alrighty. Um, we're going back to back. Oh, yes, I. That's right. These guys. Um, man, it gets tough here. What can you tell me about Trey Turner? Trey Turner's good. He's uh, sort of like a less powerful version of, or I guess he's sort of his own thing. He is a guy who, like, I feel like a good full season, he's going, like, maybe 22 homers, 45 steals. Like, that's sort of his high end. He's like a super speedster type, mm-hmm. and he hits at the top of the Nationals lineup, which is a good lineup. Yeah. Was he, I mean, he wasn't on the Nationals last year, right? He was. Oh, he was. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, was, I mean, he was in, why don't I, I guess I just don't remember him from the World Series. Uh, The one uh, thing about him is a little injury prone. Okay. Although some of it has been real stupid stuff. Like last year, he just was trying to lay down a bunt and he got hit on the finger by the ball. Yeah. Missed a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like just a fluky injury. Um Yeah. Yeah. Eh, let's go let's go a Nats team with Turner and Scherzer. Okay, Team Bregman. Team Bregman. Let's see. Hmm. I'm going to pair Bregman with Walker Bueller, I think, who mm-hmm. I do like better than Verlander. Okay. I mean, he's going to get, uh, well, I guess it's quality starts, so yeah. the offense doesn't necessarily matter. Uh, but, but Pitching ahead never hurts. Yeah, that's true. Um, he's, his name is so close to Mark Burley. Mm, uh, okay, so Team DeGrom. I am not taking Verlander in here. Um, uh, I'll take your boy, Tatis. Oh, interesting. Very high ceiling pick. Let's see, we've got one door. I'll pair him with, you know what? I like Bueller better, but I'll take Verlander here and just Mm -hmm. grab the last of those. The elite pitchers. Uh, Okay, Team Arnado. Um, Like go, uh, I like the Braves this year, so I'll go with Freeman. Cool. Uh, with Trevor's story, I'll add uh, Bryce Harper, who is actually sort of a sneaky, mm. more valuable in OBP leagues. Like his uh, batting average has really fluctuated, but he walks a lot. That's a fun pick. Um, yeah. Cool, yeah. Um, 
Um, I will go with this is Team Bellinger, so that's also mm. like first center, right? A lot of good flexibility. That's true. Um, I'll go uh with uh JD Martinez. That's a good pick. Yeah. He's like one of the first or like one of the first hitters to really use analytics towards like his swing or that I remember hearing about it. Yeah, he's a big swing change guy. Mm. Yeah, worked for him. Yeah. Let's see. Hmm. It's last of the hitters I really like. Let's see, you know what? I'll I'll take Juan Soto here. He's falling pretty far. Yeah. I'll just well, have to wait out the injury on this Derek Cole team. <laughs> okay, so to pair with Betts, uh, here I'll, I'll I'll take Rendon. Some say is would is Rendon maybe going to be the best like pairing that Trout has ever had? I think so. At least hopefully. I know that it's one of those things where they've taken a swing on that so many times, yeah, and it just never works. Yeah, but he's a real good, consistent player. It's hard to imagine him not coming through. Mm-hmm. See with Yelich, I'll pair him with. Jose Ramirez, who has been very up and down, but the best version of him is real good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the Indians got him and Lindor. Just can't get it, mm. the rest of it going. Mm, boom, boom, boom. Uh, so this is now Team Trout. So Trout, obviously going to be I mean he's just overall great player um I will hmm. I'll go with Glaber Torres oh interesting get some middle infield depth sure man he's gonna play the Orioles a lot again which is a good thing <laughs> is it yeah Oh, his numbers against the Orioles were insane. Oh, yeah. It was like he was a pretty average player against everyone else, and then he hit like 400 against the Orioles with like 15 homers. Damn. Yeah, so this is going to be an Orioles-heavy season. Uh, and then Acuna Jr. Um, you know what? I'll take one more pitcher and grab Jack Flaherty here. From the Cardinals. Yes. Cool. Um, so there's the draft. Uh, which of your uh, number teams do you like the best? Which of them do I like the best? Uh, I mean, my eyes are really gravitating toward the Bregman Bueller one. Uh huh. Yeah. I really like that one. That's good. I think I think I like the Bellinger Martinez team the best for me. Yeah, that's a good start for a lineup. Yeah. Uh. All right. Well, oh, last question before you go. What do you what do you think of the Seattle Kraken? Love the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. I honestly like might 
make that my hockey team because I don't follow one. Uh huh. But I saw that I'm like, that is such a fun branding yeah. for a team. So fun. I mean, Seattle. Yeah. Seattle's they're like always oh, a great sports city. The Kraken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, at fr- my first thought was like, wait, why? I, you know, I, I always wonder why these newer teams don't have like have names that don't end in S, like yes. the Thunder or the you know um, the Lightning, the Magic. Uh, but this one, this one's fun, and it's just like so much fun with like release the Kraken. It's gonna have a great mascot. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm down. I'm down with the Kraken. Oh, hopefully they have like foam tentacles instead of like thumbs or, or fingers or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm thinking now like like the way Detroit throws an octopus on the ice. Mm. I, I guess we got to throw Krakens on the ice. Some sort of tentacled <laughs> beast. But yeah, I think it's very cool. Yeah. It also like releasing that team name so close to when. Washington came out and said we're the Washington football team. Oh, was perfect! Like, so, so, yeah. <laughs> yes, and it, and all they did was just post like, and, and I like I, I went to ESPN.com yesterday morning and I, I just like I see the headline. Oh, Washington has chosen a temporary team name. So I'm like, oh, okay, what's that going to be? The Washington football team. Great. Mm. <laughs> Didn't need a press release for that. You could have just said we're we're oh. still thinking about it. Um, but yeah, and then they released the Kraken. They did. It was great. Uh, anything you'd like to plug Marcus? Um, still doing shows with the armory comedy. Mm-hmm. You can find information about those at the armory Very nice. Are you performing yeah. on Friday? Or that's today. Uh, yes. I'm doing a shot for shot today mm. of, uh, Hocus Pocus. A very nice fun movie. Yeah. Uh, probably. Is there anything you'd like to plug, Larry? Uh, you know, I'd I'd like to just tell the listeners that you could follow me at Larry the Athlete on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Bumble, and you could subscribe on whatever your favorite podcast uh, device is, and uh, your favorite device, your favorite subscription service. And I just say to you, Marcus, and all the listeners, may all of your dreams be hoop dreams. And may the rest of your days be days of thunder. Wow.